Hello, and welcome to Backdoor Cover. This is Micah. How's it going? I don't have any music today. I apologize. Brad is not here. It's just me. We're going to run through some things going on in the world of sports. I've got some hot takes. And we'll start with the best news of all. Brad is not here because he is now a dad. I'll let you guys... uh, Visit Brad's Instagram at Bradley B. Key uh, for all the details. Uh, but we're doing this in honor of Brad and the newest key, Claire, uh, as well as uh, Mama Key, Wesley, who is now, or Aaron, I should say. Aaron, Claire, and Brad are all safe, healthy, and... Uh, Probably tired, I would imagine. So shouts to Brad. Uh, go hit him up on Instagram. See baby photos. Send your congratulations uh, from the backdoor boys uh, and backdoor ladies out there. Uh, today, I'm going to run through some of the things that I saw this week in sports. Uh, we will still have our regularly scheduled uh, stuff from Can't Miss Mitch and Peter the Irish Guy this week. The ALGO has been on fire, and the best way to get on fire is to use promo code ALGO over at earlybirdcbd.com. Go get the best full-spectrum hemp gummies anywhere in the world. Shippable to all 50 states legally. It's a microdose of THC that you can feel. Early Bird is the shit. You'll love it. Go get it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Use promo code ALGO, A-L-G-O, today. And before we uh, get started here, one other thing to mention on Mind of Micah, my other podcast, uh, I just did a story about the liver king who has now been exposed as a fraud. I think you'll enjoy it. That's Mind of Micah. Get it wherever podcasts are found. And of course, check out Micah's Read of the Week, the newsletter. All right, we're done promoting things. Let's start with uh, where we normally start in this podcast, college football, the Playoff is now set. Again, we are recording this Tuesday morning, or Tuesday afternoon, I should say. So um, there are some things going on, but you already know about uh, all of the matchups. I am sure we'll start with the college football playoff. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. Number three, TCU. And number four, Ohio State. Uh, This seems to be the consensus. Nobody seems to be mad about this. Noteworthy in some ways that TCU was number three coming into the last week and is still number three coming out despite an overtime loss in the Big 12 championship to uh, new Big 12 champions, Kansas State. But uh, you're not going to get an argument from me. Ohio State got rocked at home. Uh, You know, TCU is sort of... um, TCU had to put up with the fact that they had a a no-win game, basically. A game that had no upside if they win or lost, lost essentially. Uh, well, I mean, in a way that Ohio State didn't have to play a game at all, and TCU could only go down in a loss. There was nowhere additionally to go up in a win, essentially. Uh, you could argue they could go up to second or first, but that seems unlikely. 
But as it turned out, I think everybody's happy with the way, uh, with the matchups that we have. If we want to go look at the numbers uh, quickly. TCU, a seven and a half point underdog uh, against Michigan. This game being played at State Farm Stadium. Where is that? That's what they're calling the stadium in Glendale, Arizona. I did not know this, where the Cardinals play. It's now known as State Farm Stadium. Uh, over under 59. We'll see. These are two teams I like. Uh, they both average over 40 points a game. TCU 40.3, Michigan 40.1. Uh, Michigan allows way less points, only 13 points a game compared to TCU's 25. Uh, these are teams that put up big yardage and... Michigan's defense probably slightly better. Uh, we'll see. TCU seems to know what they're doing, though. And uh, seven and a half point favorites, uh, Michigan is. I, I would assume I would probably ride with TCU because of that hook. If that went to seven, it might change things. I think that TCU team, if they're going to get beat, it's going to be awfully close. The other matchup, the number one Georgia Bulldogs uh, face the. Number four, Ohio State Buckeyes, 13-0 versus 11-1. This game played in Georgia in the Mercedes... Or no, no, I'm sorry. In uh, Yes, in Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Not what was formerly known as the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in, in New Orleans, which is now called the Caesars Superdome. I am trying to keep up, and it is a challenge. Regardless, Ohio State, a six-and-a-half-point underdog, uh, to Georgia in front of, I would say, a crowd wearing red, as both schools will be doing that. Uh, Over-under in that game is 61 and a half. Uh, Ohio State averages 44 and a half points a game. Georgia just a hair under 40 at 39.2. Georgia's defense a little bit better, allowing only 12 points a game. Um, and less than 300 yards allowed per game. Should be a pretty good matchup. I would be inclined to go with Georgia. They have um, shown that they can win these big games over the last year, the last two years, basically. So we'll see that game, both those games, uh, New Year's Eve. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, There are four games New Year's Eve, the two playoff games, and, of course, Alabama uh, at Kansas State and the All-State Sugar Dome, uh, Sugar Bowl uh, in New Orleans. That'll be fun. That's an 11 a.m. kickoff uh, on New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, I'm sorry. And there are no games on New Year's Day. Just as we get to, let's play the calendar game for a minute. There are no college games on New Year's Day. As that is a Sunday and it is a full NFL weekend. Uh, there is, however, a uh, four games on Monday, including Monday the 2nd, including the Rose Bowl game, which is weird. But that's uh, the way they're going to do it. Uh, we'll get into a further bowl season playoff match, or you know, full season preview down the road as we're still a few weeks away. Uh, the national championship, by the way, is Monday, January 9th. Okay, so there's your college football. Uh, I mean, there was other stuff that happened, but that's the big news. The other big news story in the world of college football, of course, Deion Sanders going to Colorado. This is a high upside, high risk, high reward kind of situation, I think. I don't know how high the risk is, except from an institutional point of view. 
anyone who's read anything about the demise of the Prime Prep Academy that Deion Sanders was sort of the founder and the, in his words, the HNIC, um, and the disaster that that was that made it look much like Kanye's Donda school at the moment. Um, back in Dallas where Dion started a school essentially to have a football team and things got ugly in a big way. That was years ago, I suppose. And, uh, you know, it's not like Deion Sanders has a history of crime or anything or violent crime. It's not like the guy's ever hurt anybody, but uh, it's a tough sell if you read about prime prep uh, to think that I'd want that guy, if I was a college president, um, associated with my university. That being said, if I was an athletic director with a program as bad as Colorado has been, with I believe one winning season in the last 12 years, um, it's a big swing, and I, I, I would don't hate it. You know, what's the worst thing that happened? Things go bad. Uh, he embarrasses the university. You get fired. Otherwise, you you make another hire, and the guy doesn't do well for two years, and you get fired. It's sort of a, you know, I, I like taking a swing, so we'll leave it at that. Um, Dion's sons are already transferring, and uh, Colorado is picking up players. So we'll see what happens in the Pac-12, which will be significantly different in the next year or two as USC and UCLA leave for the Big Ten. What a what a bizarre world we live in. In other news, um, let's see. There's nothing too interesting. Let's let's just be be honest. Uh, the the portal is here. Uh, more than a thousand players already in the portal. We'll gear up for as we've talked about. What a just a, an absolutely insane. Uh, bonanza of transferring, uh, including this one. West Virginia quarterback JT Daniels is again transferring. This will be looking to transfer to his fourth college. Sources told ESPN Daniels intends to enter the transfer portal, which would lead him to his fourth collegiate stop after playing at USC and Georgia and West Virginia. He's gone 17-12 and 12 as a starter at those three schools including starting 7-0 and in a two-year stint at Georgia. Daniels is 22. He'll have at least one year of eligibility remaining. That could end up being two years, depending on whether he gets a medical red shirt for 2019, this per a source. He's seeking a location, regardless of level, that could help him develop and fulfill his ambitions to reach the NFL. Just stay in one place. He started every game for West Virginia this year, starting the season strong. Uh, as the average, the team averaged 39 points through six weeks. Um, but soon after, his offense became more run-centric. And uh, it eventually, okay, he did not start all the games as this led to a quarterback change. And uh, Garrett Green came off the bench in place of Daniels to lead West Virginia of an op- upset over Oklahoma and then starting the final two games. Daniels is not going to play in the NFL. Someone needs to pull this guy aside and say, hey, if you want to transfer again, that's okay. Like, go to the place with the best business school and go get a master's degree. This is, you know, year year five and six, but you're not going to play in the NFL, fam. Just give it up. You're just not good enough. He's gone through injuries, an ACL injury in the USC season opener. 
uh, that led to his transfer to Georgia. You also probably shouldn't just be leaving all the time whenever you lose a job. Just stay in one place and get a degree. I don't blame anybody for leaving the state of West Virginia, though. The heat will probably come towards me for that statement shortly. Anyway, that's hilarious in some respects. Uh, the transfer portal is going to be an absolute bonanza. Players are already opting out of bowl games, including key players, a key player at Ohio State who is not going to play uh, in the college football playoff, which is, this is a different one. This is wide receiver uh, Jackson Smith and in, in Jibba uh, headed to the draft, just skipping the playoff. It's one thing when you're skipping the Alamo Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or whatever. It's another thing when you're skipping the, the college football playoff. Uh, I mean, I can't necessarily begrudge somebody for doing that, but that's that's a new one. This is different. And, uh, you know, it's led to a season of general uncomfortability for me. Uh, I've talked often about Caleb Williams, who still may win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, how uncomfortable I am with the dude leaving with his coach, succeeding at the highest level. Not that he's done anything wrong necessarily, but it sends a weird message if that guy leaves and goes to play in L.A., wins the Heisman, um, which may happen. Uh, college football just seems to be in flux. Uh, you know, it's never seemed more like a business, and the the fact that everybody can transfer in conference, no less, without saying out of years, just bananas to me. But that's me, and I'm old. Okay, that's it for the college news this week. Um, we'll run into the pro game. Uh, let's run through some of the scores from week twelve or week 13, I should say. Um, the Starting last night with the Monday night game, I will, of course, admit to falling asleep, giving up on this game um, when the Saints led 16-3 to in the fourth quarter. Uh, of course, that's foolish because the Buccaneers still have Tom Brady. Uh, they win 17-16 with a late, I think a touchdown pass with two seconds remaining. Uh, the Bucs beat the Saints. If the Bucs would have lost this game, the Saints would have won. They would have been 5-8. and eight. The Bucs would have been 5-7. Uh, and seven. And that division, the Saints would have still had a chance in the division. As it stands, the Bucs at 6-6 six and six appear to have a hammerlock on a terrible division. Uh, the Cardinals and Panthers were off this week. And uh, so we'll see what happens there in the worst division in football. Running through the rest of the action, Thursday night, the Bills kicked the shit out of the Patriots 24-10 to in Foxborough in a game that, uh, I mean, just thoroughly, a thorough beatdown. Basically, uh, the Patriots are 6-6, six and six, so they're not totally out of it yet, but they're not any good. Uh, the Bills are pretty good. Cowboys look pretty good this week, too, with a 54-19 win over a terrible Colts team. Cowboys put up 33 points in the fourth quarter to, to make this a big-time blowout, um, a game that was closer throughout until a uh, until the Colts fell apart in the fourth quarter. Jeff Saturday doesn't know what he's doing. I'll say it. They did say on the broadcast something that I hadn't heard before that was Saturday had in his advisor role before he became the uh, interim head coach had been watching every day's... Uh, he had been watching video of practice daily for the Colts. 
which is fair. You know, that tells if he, if the guy was really reading and taking reports on, on practices, um, that's something that they probably should have led with and, and made, uh, you know, announced earlier. Also weird that the guy is watching every day of practice and then pontificating on ESPN as a, uh, neutral observer. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, other action around the National Football League. There were some some bad games, which we will not talk about. But there were some very good games, including pretty decent teams. The Vikings are ten and two. They beat the Jets, now seven and five, twenty seven twenty two in Minnesota. Uh, Mike White and the the Jets were right there till the end, except for a late interception uh, that gave the Vikings the win near the near the goal line. The Vikings are certainly the worst 10 and two team in the history of the NFL based on nothing else, but the fact that they go to the Vikings this week, a five and seven team, or I'm sorry, they go to the lions, the five and seven Detroit lions. And again, most importantly, the Detroit lions and the lions are a two and a half point home favorite, which essentially says that Vegas thinks they are a half point better than the lions on a neutral field, which isn't a lot of respect. Um, anyway, they're 10 and two though, and seem to be, uh, cruising towards the number two seed in the NFC and, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I, they must be another game within six points. I think all 10 of their wins have been decided by eight points or less. Another consequential game between teams that are okay. I think this is the best possible result for the Cowboys and Eagles, by the way, is the, uh, commies and giants tie. 20 to 20. This game also hilariously uh, upcoming has been flexed into a Sunday night game. So we, we get, you know, two games to decide who's better between the commies and giants. Uh, This was, you know, it's a tie. I don't know what else there is to say, although a fairly entertaining first half, uh, a boring, uh, terrible overtime period. And uh, the giants and commies seven and four, for the Giants, seven four and one for the Giants, seven five and one for the Commies. As both teams probably still sit in playoff spot as we sit there today, we'll see what happens. The other team in that division, the Philadelphia Eagles, improved to eleven and one with a surprisingly easy beatdown over the Titans, thirty-five to ten. The Titans, uh, now seven and five, fought, fired their general manager today, probably because he was humiliated because they let go of AJ Brown, who had three touchdowns and dominated, or two touchdowns, I should say, but dominated his former team. Eight catches, 120 yards, and two scores. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 29 for 39, 380, and three touchdowns, making a very strong MVP case. A player that won't be making an MVP case, well, there's two of them, Russell Wilson, whose Broncos, again, failed to score a touchdown. He's still not up to his many touchdown passes as bathrooms as home uh, 17 for 22 for 189 no touchdowns no picks no impact 250 million dollars woof and another player who won't win the mvp this year is uh, lamar jackson who was injured although they say is not out for the rest of the season but seems unlikely to play in week 14 tyler hundley comes back a solid player they put up they get a late touchdown they win the game 10 to 9 they do exactly what they need to do. And uh, Ravens improved to 8-4. The Broncos, miserable season, fall to 3-9. and nine. They do not own their first-round pick. That will go 
to the Houston Texans, who lost at home to the Browns. Those teams, uh, Texans are unbearably bad. Ten, one ten and one, but I guess hope is help is on the way in the draft as they look to be cruising towards the first pick in the draft. Uh, Seattle beats the Rams. The Rams, another team with a disastrous season, three and nine. Seattle and Geno Smith, another man who's for some reason somehow in the hunt for MVP. 28 for 39, 367, and three scores. Good Lord. They also own first-round pick from Denver. Sitting pretty. Uh, seven and five, certainly, in the playoff hunt. Uh, another player that won't win the MVP because he is out for the rest of the season is Jimmy Garoppolo. And his 49ers do win behind Brock Purdy. Yes, the former Mr. Irrelevant and uh, former starter at Iowa State. Comes in, looks very good. We'll see. Now there's tape on him. And they uh, basically just smoke the Dolphins. 33-17. Tua probably had his worst game of the year, even though he was 18 for 33 for 295 and two scores. And this is tough for the Niners. The the ceiling is certainly... Uh, you, obviously, no, no rookie quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. Or played in a Super Bowl, I don't believe, at least as a as a starter. And I just don't believe Brock Purdy, the last player taken in the draft, is going to be the first one to break the mold and make a deep run. And that's essentially where they're ceiling. That's not that expectations are that high, but that's a team that had Super Bowl expectations, being a game away last year, adding Christian McCaffrey midseason. Uh, everybody, they were getting healthy and rounding into shape, and now we'll see what happens. There's, of course, rumors that Baker Mayfield will go there, which is laughable. If you think Baker Mayfield, I mean, I guess I, I suppose there's a chance they could sign him. He's probably better than, I think it was Josh Jackson, the cornerback that they have signed, who's now played for 14 NFL teams, which is a record for any player. Perhaps Baker is a better backup, but mm, I don't think Bake is coming in with five games to go to, to lead a deep playoff run. I have been wrong about a lot of things before, though. We'll see. The most impressive game of the day, most impressive win anyway, the Bengals. Cincinnati improves to 8-4, and four, beats the Chiefs, who fall to 9-3, 27-24, outscoring the Chiefs 10-0 in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, doing his thing. Uh, 286 passing, two scores. Uh, P. Ryan had 21 carries for 106 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase back, seven catches, 97 yards. The Anytime you beat the Chiefs, that's... That's enough to get my attention. And the Bengals look good. They're they're rounding into shape the team that we thought they would be uh, coming off of that deep Super Bowl run. They're probably playing better now than they were at this point last season as well. Watch out. That's all I can say there. Uh, let the, other, the other game, Raiders beat the Chargers 27-20. Raiders have won three in a row after starting two and seven. Chargers fall to six and six. Not looking great for LA's other team. Well, for either LA team, for that matter. Let's go to the playoff uh, standings real quick as we sit here today. In the AFC, Buffalo would be the number one seed getting the bye at 9-3 and three based on their uh, tiebreaker, based on a head-to-head win over since, uh, Kansas City. KC sits at the two seed at 9-3. and three. Baltimore, 8-4 and four in the three, followed by the Titans in the four. Cincinnati as the five seed. Miami would be the six seed. And the Jets, as we sit here today, would be the seven seed, uh, followed by the only 
followed also by uh, the Patriots, who are the eight seed currently. Interesting. Um, I believe Pittsburgh and was it Denver last year or Cleveland? I don't know. It's a little different than it was last year. Uh, but Bills, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, Bengals at the top of the AFC, just like last season. Um, we'll see as we head towards that. The only team eliminated, of course, the Houston Texans. Woof. In the NFC, uh, the Eagles are currently your number one seed at 10-1, and one, followed by the Vikings a game behind at 10-2. and two. Uh, Eagles 11-1, and one, I should say. Vikings 10-2. and two. Niners as the three seed. Tampa would be the four seed as, uh, by virtue of winning their division, followed by the Cowboys, Giants, and Seahawks currently. Uh, Commanders and Lions also, well, the Commanders also tied with the Seahawks uh, at seven and five. Actually, the Commanders are seven, five, and one, so their record is a little worse than the seven and five Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we'll see what happens. If uh, in the NFC, as we head towards the finish line, we still have five more weeks of professional football, which, uh, you know, it's a good thing. We like pro football here. Quickly looking ahead to week 14 before we get out of here. I've gone longer than I thought I would. I knew I had this much in me. Um, Good matchups. The Thursday night game is not one. If you're trying to build your weekend slate right now and trying to figure out what nights to give uh, to your wife or girlfriend, or family members that don't watch football, Thursday would be a good one to give up. The Los Angeles, or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders go to the Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night, and that is terrible. Looking towards Sunday, though, there. Oh, by the way, there are six teams on by this week, although none of them are very good. Uh, Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, and Washington. So a bunch of lousy teams on by. Um, Looking towards the games this week, though, in the noon window, or the 1 o'clock Eastern window, I should say, the Jets at Buffalo, which is a a big one for for both teams, potentially. Uh, Cleveland at Cincinnati. We'll see if Cleveland, if they are going to make a run at the playoffs with that pervert at quarterback, they're going to need to get started right now in the Battle of Ohio. Um Houston at Dallas, the Lone Star State battle. That game stinks. Cowboys better win that by four touchdowns or I'm going to be uh, disappointed. We talked about Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit, a a two-and-a-half point home favorite. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Philly goes to the Giants in a game that's uh, important, especially for the Giants. Baltimore goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is cooked, but we'll see if Baltimore can go in with a backup quarterback if if Lamar is not ready. Kansas City goes to Denver in the 3 o'clock window. This was originally going to be the Sunday night game, but got flexed out because Russell Wilson is terrible. Tampa at San Francisco, two teams that could use a win, especially Tampa as they keep moving forward. Two playoff teams, it appears. Carolina at Seattle stinks. Uh, That new Sunday night game is Miami at the L.A. Chargers, a game the Chargers need desperately. Miami looking to avoid a second consecutive loss. And the the Monday night game, Basically stinks as well. New England at Arizona at State Farm Stadium in Glendale. I think that's it. Man, I can't believe I just went that long here without Brad. Uh, Big shouts to Brad and Aaron and Claire. 
We love you guys. We're so happy. Uh, can't wait to meet you, uh, you Claire. And uh, can't wait to hear from you guys soon. Go follow Brad, Bradley B. Key on Instagram. Get a look. Give him, uh, you know, some emoji to shout out your fandom of the Backdoor Cover podcast. And until next time, uh, check out Mind of Micah. Go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use promo code ALGO. Mm, bye-bye and thanks for listening.